podcasting straight from Big Rock Candy Mountain. I'm Zachary Lehman. I am Taylor Berryman. How can people find you, Taylor? Find me on Instagram as the underscore Poptimist, as well as TikTok now. I have a TikTok. Nice. The Poptimist. Twitter. Poptimist. DA. Poptimist. Mm. And uh, Facebook. Taylor Berryman. Check out my show, The Poptimist Podcast. I just had on Cassandra Spencer who used to work at Facebook, and she was undercover with Project Veritas. She also tells a great story about personally interacting with Joe Biden. So Cool. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Writing Lehman, Zachary Lehman on Facebook and Instagram. And then you can find the show on all uh, social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, um, just Man of Science, Man of Faith. Yep, and then see us on iTunes, SoundCloud, comment, like. Great subscribe yep all that good stuff so uh this is a special episode we're talking about uh, a very historical moment a moment i've been waiting for for a long time the release of what zach snyder's justice league zach snyder's motherfucking justice league which it's been a uh it's been a wacky year so far a lot of a lot of downs but uh this is a genuine this is genuine good news to me We've been hearing about this forever. People laughed at it. They thought it was stupid. It didn't exist. There was a bunch of petitions online. There's been a bunch of groups. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll get into all that. But let me just say, because we did it. We sat here. We watched four goddamn hours. <laughs> what did you think of it? I thought it was just okay. There was It had its moments. Blasphemous. Was, was really, Blasphemous. It was cool and good in some parts. Uh, I liked... Uh, Obviously, Ben Affleck as Batman. That's he was fucking amazing. He's he's a good Batman. People love to hate on him, but I think he's good. He dropped an f bomb at the end. He did. My dick got a little hard. Yeah, and there was another f bomb in the movie too. Yeah, I love that That one. That cyborg said, but Mm -hmm. I I felt like it was really fucking long. Um, I and I want to preface this by saying I did not see the Justice League that got released to the theaters. The one with Joss Whedon. Yeah directing um yeah so my my reaction i did see the justice league did you see batman v superman i saw batman v superman yeah. and you saw man of steel because we saw that together yep okay so yeah you went into this kind of knowing everything you had to know yeah um yeah as far as the four hour thing i mean we we crunched it all into one sitting yeah but it is broken up into chapters and i feel like you could sort of treat it like a tv show yep. almost because the chapters do they do somehow thematically work. You know what I mean? It feels like you're coming to the end of this part, and that's like, okay, I'll go you know, take a piss or watch the rest tomorrow. Um, I agree. If this had been released in theaters, obviously it wouldn't have been four hours. It probably would have been like two and a half hours, and he could have done that, but I understand. I get the artistic. You've been waiting this long, and you're like, fuck it. If this is my last hurrah, I'm just putting it all in there. It was, Exactly. It was an artistic decision. You could definitely tell there was moments in it where he's like, I'm going to at least somewhat try to tie up some of these loose ends, even if he didn't completely tie them up, because it kind of ended on a cliffhanger. A it, uh, yeah, there were a lot of cliffhangers. I mean, basically, he teased where Zack Snyder, he teased where his DC universe would have gone, because the ending is way fucking different from Joss Whedon. So... uh but I will say about this version, you know, I, I'm not big into like the superhero thing, but Zack Snyder does a version of it, like the whole end of the world thing. He does a version of it that I like. He does go a little darker. He got, does go more personal. I'll say about this. It was a gorgeous fucking movie. Yeah. It, it looked it was amazing. Well shot. And there were even scenes where I could tell 
Zack Snyder let certain, especially during the first hour, he let certain scenes play out to like almost a David Lynch level where obviously if you're releasing a studio movie, they would be like, okay, snip this last 10 seconds out. Why do you have this? Why do you have this scene of Bruce Wayne walking into this bar? Just cut to him in the bar. But he put in all these little details and I kind of liked it. I felt like it, it fleshed it out. And again, it's a gorgeous looking movie. It's, uh, did you notice on HBO Max, the black bars on the side? No, I didn't even notice. It was because uh, Zack Snyder, he had it in the IMAX uh, ratio, aspect ratio. Interesting. And this would have been a cool movie to see in IMAX. I don't know if I could have sat through four hours. I need like a long intermission, part yeah. one, part two. But yeah, I loved it. Um, I really liked everyone felt like they had a journey like Batman's journey felt like it kind of it made sense where it went from Batman v Superman and then in this where he's almost like suicidal at the end yeah you get where he's at he's bringing everybody together and that's his mission is Mm -hmm. to just have a force to be reckoned with Mm -hmm. and I loved uh Ray Fisher as cyborg he was really good which he definitely he probably got screwed the most on uh, the Joss Whedon version of this movie because there was so much more cyborg stuff that wasn't in the Joss Whedon version. I love just, again, he had a full journey. He had a journey of this guy who's just like, he feels broken and alone. And, you know, he, he, you see this, he's dealing with, like, even when he learns about his powers, that was never in the original Justice League, when he's learning about all this shit he can do. I just thought it was so, like, visually stunning how Zack Snyder actually visualized it and put it on the screen. So I liked him. I liked, you know, Batman's journey. Um, And I also liked Superman. I mean, his stuff is almost completely different. You get to see the black suit. That was cool. Um, But, yeah, I loved it. Uh, Obviously, the background of it is... Zack Snyder was making Justice League, and Zack Snyder is a very, he's very much a love him or hate him filmmaker. For sure. And I, I am a Zack Snyder fan. Like, I remember the first movie I saw from him was Dawn of the Dead. Dawn right? of the Dead. Fuck yeah. Me, right. I think that was one of the early movies that we always talked about, too, liking. Because um, I, I just think that's a great movie. And I love the beginning of that movie when they play When the Man Comes Around by Johnny yep. Cash. Yep. And then I never really liked 300. Was never for Yeah, me. I was always kind of mixed on 300. Um, and The Watchmen. Watchmen was amazing. Definitely probably my favorite thing he's done. Loved Watchmen. And I liked, uh, I, I liked Man of Steel a lot. I liked Batman v Superman. I especially liked the Ultimate Edition. He always has director's cuts. Zack Snyder. Like he's always, his, his director's cuts are always like a half hour or an hour longer. And they're always like R-rated instead of PG-13. That's another thing. So this is R-rated. I loved that too. We saw some blood. Yeah. We saw some pretty sweet kills and we got our two F bombs, which was awesome. Yep. So yeah, so the background was he went off to make Justice League. He had just made Batman v Superman, which Batman v Superman, it has its fans. There are people who think it's like the greatest movie in the world. But a lot of other people are pissed about it too. And it, it was a hit, but it wasn't quite it wasn't like a Marvel size hit. So they got a little nervous once he had filmed his version of Justice League because they're like, I don't, they were like, you know, we don't know if people like this dark, broading Batman, Superman thing you got going. So they started talking about, well, let's do some reshoots, add some humor. And the person they suggested was Joss Whedon to come in, who had just done uh, both the, the first two Avengers movies, which say what you will about the first Avengers. I feel like no one can judge that in a fair way because it's just so tied to nostalgia and novelty age of ultron is horrible 
There's yeah. just no question how fucking bad that movie is. But anyway, they want to bring him in. And around the same time, Zack Snyder unfortunately loses uh, one of his daughters, Autumn, who committed suicide. And he basically explained he tried to stick with the movie and he was going to work like hand in hand with Joss Whedon. But it was just too much. I mean, he has a bunch of other kids. I think he has like four or five other kids. His wife, uh, uh, Deborah Snyder, she produces all his movies. And he just said, he's like, I can't fight with a studio about like Superman and Dark Seed while I'm like thinking about, you know, my daughter who just died and like my family back at home. So he goes back home. Joss Whedon takes over. Joss Whedon, from what we have heard, was not a very good guy, which... This is the thing that makes me mad. Joss Whedon has now been called out uh, because uh, Ray Fisher, the actor who plays Cyborg, he basically got an investigation launched into Joss Whedon because he started saying Joss Whedon was abusive on set. He was saying some pseudo racist things like a lot. He was saying a lot of shit. Warner Brothers launched an investigation. That is what it is. Now, since Ray Fisher did that, multiple people who have worked with Joss Whedon have come forward, especially women, to say, yeah, this is a bad, bad guy who's been protected. Now, the thing that makes me mad is Joss Whedon, I knew he was like this. You've been saying this for years. Since the Avengers came out, you've said this. The event, I, I remember. The first Avengers. Yeah, the first Avengers. That was one of the reasons I was not interested in it because I just did not think Joss Whedon was a good guy. I thought he was a guy who takes advantage of artists, who is protected in a system because he has the right beliefs, he makes the right things. He He's doesn't, predatory. And because people had said stuff about him. He had an ex-wife or an ex-girlfriend who wrote a long expose on the way he treated her. And she said he was a fake feminist. He was a fake feminist. And then this is the other thing. Joss Whedon has a history of saying really, really disgusting things about women and even kids. The thing that's kept him safe is he always does it under the guise of I'm being political. So he'll go after like a conservative woman and then all of a sudden he can say something sexist and nobody really cares because it's like, well, he's a feminist. You know what I mean? Either be a sexist all the time or none of the time. Exactly. So that's something that bugs me about Joss Whedon. And I really see Joss Whedon and Zack Snyder as representing kind of two sides of artists. There are artists like Joss Whedon who I feel like are just chameleons they don't really have a personal voice. And I think if you watch Joss Whedon's movies and TV shows, you can tell he doesn't have much of a perspective. It seems like stuff created by someone who just has lived his entire life in Hollywood. Because his parents are in Hollywood. Very, yeah. He grew up rich boy, soft. And then you watch Zack Snyder. It's like, look, hate him, love him, whatever. The guy always says what he means, even when he pisses people off. And he always has a take on something, even if you hate it. Light in life success as well. Yeah, very late in life success. Uh, I think he was like 40 or 42 when he directed Dawn of the Dead. But he had been directing commercials before that and had some success there. So anyway, Joss Whedon comes in. Now, from what the studio was saying, they were like, oh, 90%, 80% of this movie, it's going to still be Zach's vision. And Joss is just here to sort of finish things. They almost acted like Joss Whedon was a humanitarian. That's not what happened. Joss Whedon, and now that I've seen this version, it's just confirmed. Joss Whedon reshot maybe 80% of the film. Completely changed the story. Completely changed the character arcs. Said fuck you to everything Zack Snyder did. And this is another reason that I don't respect Joss Whedon as 
I don't know him personally, so I guess I can't really say I don't respect him as a human being. I don't respect him as an artist because think about that situation you're going into. It's a fellow artist. They just went through a tragedy and you're coming in to pick up the reins for them. Just the respect you, just the respect I would have for another artist, I wouldn't be like, I'm going to destroy this vision. I would work hand in hand with that guy. I would sit that guy down and be like, what did you want to do here? Like, let's come to some kind of understanding. Joss Whedon didn't do that. It sounds like he took advantage of the situation. And apparently on set, he was just disparaging Zack Snyder, disparaging the work of all these actors, just being an asshole. Fuck him. So if you watch this version of, uh, this is a four hour cut and the fucking movie released in theaters was two hours. And to give perspective on how much is new besides just another two hours tacked on, Footage from the Whedon released version, I would say amounts to probably less than 40 minutes of this movie. It's a couple big action sequences, but even the scenes that are from uh, the Whedon version, there are parts uh, taken out. You could tell Whedon was shortening them up, tightening them up. Uh, also, the score is completely different. Um, the color grading is completely different. Like Joss Whedon... Joss Whedon has this very uh, cartoony way. I don't know what he does, if it's just more digital or it's his framing or something. His shit looks much uh, more cartoony and digital. And if you watch this, uh, Zack Snyder, he kind of looks like, again, I'm not a director, so this is a layman talking. He kind of uses a bit of a tint, but there's a sharpness to his images. It's, it's muted. Yeah, exactly. And it just gives it a realer look, especially in some of these scenes where there are all these big special effects and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, major differences. Dark Seed's in this movie. Dark Seed was not in Justice League. Steppenwolf looks different. The design is completely different. And Steppenwolf, who was the villain in Justice League, he really didn't have a story. Like, I don't remember a single scene where he was on his own. All you heard was, this guy destroys worlds. And now he's here. He's going to destroy our world. This one, you find out Steppenwolf is like uh, the nephew of, of Darkseed. And he owes him like 50,000 worlds for some betrayal he did. And, the, you know, you get deeper into like this anti-life stuff. And so there's all of that uh, new character, Martian Manhunter, we saw showed up yeah. um, towards the end. Um, oh, and then, of course, the Joker scene. We got to talk about that. Yeah. What do you that, think of the Joker's? I thought that was cool. That I think they, they put that's that the one right at the, the end. Which I was surprised. I thought it was going to be like tucked somewhere. Yeah. In so in whatever alternate world, I, it was another dream that Batman had because he keeps having these dreams about the end of the world. Yeah. It was an extension of uh, the, they call it the nightmare sequence from uh, Batman v Superman when Superman has gone crazy because Lois is dead. Yep. And... So, uh, what's his name returned as jo a Joker? Jared Leto. Jared Leto, yep. His hair was all grown out. Teeth were all nasty. Yep. Yeah. He looks like his face was carved up. All of his mm. tattoos were gone as well. He didn't have any... Oh, of the, shit. He didn't have the head tattoo. He had on a, a SWAT vest. Yeah. And there was like 15 sheriff's badges on it. Oh, my God. I missed that little yeah. detail. Oh, that's kind of cool. But um, yeah, so they have a confrontation, and who else was there? Cyborg was uh, there. Cyborg Flash was there. there. Flash was there. Um, I think it's Mira, played yeah. by Amber Heard from Amber Aquaman, Heard. Um, and then Deathstroke, played by John Deathstroke, right, Millhouse, mm -hmm. uh, played by John uh, Manganello. I think is how you pronounce his name. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so they're all in this sort of dream sequence, and there's kind of a confrontation between uh, Batman and Joker. And you learn a lot of the history, like all these theories there were, because uh, Joker kind of alludes to killing Robin, Jason Todd. And uh, it, it, it's a great scene. I thought, you know what? Jared Leto's probably never going to play the Joker again. He did get a, a, some good moments there. And I love that Snyder didn't leave this universe without having a Batman and Joker scene. And basically they've, they've all teamed up because this, in this future alternate world, it's uh, Superman's gone crazy because Lois Lane uh, has died. And so bat things are so bad. Batman's teaming up with Joker. Joker. And I love uh, Batman drops his F bomb because uh, Joker sort of playing with him, bringing up all these people who died. And uh, Batman brings up Harley Quinn dying in his arms and says the last thing she wanted was for me to kill you and make sure it was slow. And he's like, and he says something like, uh, and I will fucking kill you. Yeah. It was fucking, I like that. I, I love that the scene. The only that time cool. Batman has said an F-bomb in a movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Zack Snyder did that on purpose to be oh, like, yeah. I was first, bitches. Yeah. He planted the flag on the moon. And Cyborg gets an F-bomb um, when uh, uh, Wonder Woman goes to see him, and she's like, the world needs you. And he's like, fuck the world. <laughs> which i guess if you're at 90 machine you likely don't have a dick anymore i'd also be like fuck the world but yeah so i mean again it's just a completely different story there are a lot of characters who pop up too who didn't pop up in justice league willem dafoe pops up uh he's from the aquaman world he's like volko or something sorry i'm not too much of a nerd but uh but yeah again i I love this version. I mean, I just felt like it had, and, and look, whether you're into these movies or not, you can very specifically look at Joss Whedon's Justice League and very specifically look at this movie and go, one of these is made to sell toys. One of these is trying to tell an actual story. Yeah. It has could, a perspective on these characters. Like you can tell Zack Snyder cares about these characters and take away the costumes and everything. He's telling a story with each of them. They have a very specific arc. And that just wasn't the case in Justice League. Justice League, it was just like, team them up, boom, they kill this guy, Justice League. And then they tease Justice League 2, which is another change in this movie. Um, I guess this scene was reshot by Joss Whedon. It was Deathstroke and Lex Luthor. And it basically teamed. It was so stupid in the original. Lex Luthor was like, well, they have a team. Maybe we need to make one too. In this one, he says to Deathstroke, because Deathstroke has a history with Batman. He wants to kill him. He says, Batman's Bruce Wayne. And he's basically like, you know, do it that way you will. And that was supposed to set up Ben Affleck's solo movie where Deathstroke would have been the villain, which would be awesome. And then the, the nightmare sequence is obviously a tease for what would have happened. Then Darkseed would have been the villain for Justice League Part Two, And then you have Martian Manhunter. So this movie's also kind of bittersweet because it's like, <sighs> I'd still watch these movies if Zack Snyder was in charge. Like I, I would no watch it too. Right I now. would go to the theater to, to see it. Just to look at him. You what? can watch a Zack Snyder movie with no sound, and it just looks amazing. What would you rank it out of 10? Uh, out of 10, I will go... I'll go 8.2. I'll go 6 out of 10. If we were both drunk at a bar down on Broadway, <laughs> yeah, I'd take this movie home. <laughs> and me, I... Uh, I could bang this movie fully sober and be proud of it. Um, uh, and then one other thing I wanted to mention. So I just want to talk about a little bit about. Um, so anyway, one of the reasons I was so excited for the Snyder cut. A, it just felt like a big moment 
for artists because Zack Snyder coming out victorious in this. I mean, you can argue like, yeah, it's a it's a victory for for fandom. It's a victory for you know. Um, studios kind of giving people what they want what they really want but also it's a victory for an artist because he got his fucking vision out there not only did he get his vision out there he got fired his movie got reshot and then you know three years later warner brothers came back to him and said here's 70 million dollars sorry you know what i mean that's just a victory for just art over commerce and obviously i agree with that the art over commerce argument is usually counterintuitive because they bring in Joss Whedon to save Justice League. They arguably fuck it up more than they ever could. And then years later, they're like, oh, shit. You know what people want? They want fucking Zack Snyder's Justice League. Because the fact that they looked at this response from people and this demand and they said, you know what? This is worth us spending 70 goddamn million dollars. Well, to put think it about out. how much they're going to potentially make. It shows that a lot of people are interested in this for them to use it sort of as the launching pad for their streaming service. Because this was the first, I mean, they've had a couple movies come out, but this was like the big announcement that people went, oh shit, okay, HBO Max, that's what this is. So I thought it was a huge win for just art and artists in general. And then beyond that, again, like um, the situation, like you know me, like there aren't a lot of, there aren't a lot of uh, issues I take like any personal stake in. But it's really great, too. This is the other thing. The Snyder Cut movement, the whatever they call it, the release of Snyder Cut movement, people really tried hard shitting on them. And again, it just shows because Zack Snyder is who he is. He's not Joss Whedon. He's not the guy going rah, rah, rah for this political cause and here's exactly what you want. People really shit on him and it seems like they, they, they feel this need to. And one of the things they did with the Snyder Cut movement excuse me, is they basically targeted anonymous fucking like Twitter users who were part of it and using the hashtag. And they were like, they're saying mean things to women. They're harassing people. The Snyder Cut movement is toxic. You can take any movement and go on Twitter or Facebook and find some asshole. You'll find incels. I'm so sick of hearing about like anonymous online harassment. It's like you do anything publicly, it's going to exist. And the thing that pissed me off is that was given more emphasis than the good work that they did because the release the Snyder Cut movement, they've raised over half a million dollars for suicide prevention. Oh shit, I didn't know. And that. that was another reason I thought that this movie beyond just being cuz at the end of the day it's like, you know what, Justice League I don't really care. I care because Zack Snyder's doing it. This is important beyond that because A, it was a win for for Zack Snyder, but also a shit ton of good work was done in the area of suicide prevention and mental health awareness. And that's like, it, I feel like now reviewers are sort of warming up to the whole thing. But out first, that was really being dismissed big time. So I think that this is a huge moment for, again, not just art, and not just artists, but it's a huge moment for things like suicide and things like mental mental health awareness. Which is definitely getting to the forefront of conversations. Do you think this movie wouldn't have happened if coronavirus didn't happen? Or would it have taken longer? I think it would have taken longer. Because COVID, the opportunities COVID presented was... A, it gave Zack Snyder more time to just like tease stuff, to be like, oh yeah, it does exist. Here's this, it does exist. It gave people more time to demand it. And then also I think it probably put Warner Brothers in a position where they're like, shit, we kind of need content for this streaming service coming out 
and we can't really like film anything. You know what I mean? So it made them probably even more warm to the idea because they're like, holy shit, we have a complete movie in the other room and here's hundreds of thousands of people who want to yeah. see it. Let's just fucking bite the bullet, admit we made a mistake and go with it. How do you think Joss Whedon feels about the Snyder Cut being released? I hope Joss Whedon is hiding in a corner somewhere in his house crying over everything he's losing right now. I hope Joss Whedon never gets another job. I think he's a, a piece of shit. I've never liked anything he made. I've never liked him. I think he's just a an abusive... I, he's just the worst kind of artist. Again, an artist who I don't even know... <sighs> I can't even call him too much of an artist because it's someone who gets into, and we know that you know this as a musician, I know this as a writer, just being exposed to other artists. There are artists like this who are just fucking chameleons and they could be doing any job in the world. They just find the one where they can take advantage of people the easiest. So fuck Joss Whedon. But uh, so I, I wanted to say really quick, uh, the movie was dedicated to Autumn. Zack Snyder's daughter, who did pass away, unfortunately. Uh, and over $500,000 was raised for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And if anyone wants to donate, that's AFSP.org. And then they have a number to call or text, numbers to call or text on uh, on their website. So again, I, I love this movie. And I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was, it's just a big, it's just a positive story for 2021. You know, it's, uh, again, a, a win for Zack Snyder. And Zack Snyder, too, man, the world tried to get him down, and look at the fucking year he's having. He's not only got Zack Snyder's Justice League coming out, he's got Army of the Dead in May, he's got an Army of the Dead TV show in August, he's got another Army of the Dead movie after that, he's got a movie he's going to film in South America, and then, you know, hopefully he gets to uh, film Ayn Rand's The Fountainhead soon. God bless Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon. I'll see you in hell. And God bless Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah, Batfleck. East Coast boys. This podcast is produced to you by Taylor Miller.